Good morning to those who have joined us this morning. We're excited to be here. I want to read you a scripture. Um, that word that came forth this morning just stirred something within me. And I think, uh, I believe it kind of ties in and ties on. And I kept hearing, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. It's not a song. I mean, it was a song, but listen, God was saying this way before. Anybody wrote a song about shaking? Uh, in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 25. Hebrews 12, 25 says, See to it, and I'm reading out of the New International Version, See to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. If they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven. At that time, his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. The words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship god accepting or accept acceptably with reverence and awe for our god is a consuming fire listen things are being shaken but it's not a time to be shaken everything that can be shaken will be shaken so that the things that cannot be shaken will remain we are, we are on the right side. I'm not just on the right side of history. I'm on the right side of the kingdom. There are two kingdoms right now vying in the heavenlies. There's a spiritual battle. And listen, things are being shaken. That's why there's such contrast. There's such contrast going on. Because the things that can be shaken are being shaken. But the things, like he said... Uh, that cannot be shaken will remain and that's us we're the king we we are in the kingdom of god and the kingdom of god is in us wow so i'm encouraged this morning i am encouraged to see what god is doing and i've determined that i'm going to be in the middle of it how about you how about you so take your bible here's what we're going to do we started this last week and we're going to do it this week too we're going to experience, let me get to my notes because I wrote it down. The Lord gave it to me just, just, just right. Experience the power of the word and the spirit of God. We're going to exercise our faith right now. Stand up with your Bible. Turn over to Psalm 23. I'll give them a minute to put it up on the screen. We should go from probably uh, the New International Version. And this, uh, and a lot of, I'll just point this out again, a lot of, liturgical denominations they stand for the reading of the word at the beginning of the message during the sermon during the service and so there's a portion of the service where we reverence the reading of god's word and listen as i read it you read it but there's something that you need to do while you're reading it you need to mix your faith with it which means i believe it in my heart and i confess it with my mouth if you're looking for a way if you're watching out there and you're looking for a way to experience the peace of god instantaneously this is the way to do it somebody agree with that <laughs> i didn't make that up i believe it i've experienced it and we're going to experience this this morning so if you're in the new international version we're going to psalms 23 we're going to read the whole psalm together it's only six verses you ready from the new international version let's ready read together the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, thank you for blessing the reading and the faith in your word. We thank you, Lord, that we have the peace that passes all understanding. And your word encompasses us. It's a shield to us. And we wear your word as our armor every day. Lord, we confess this every day and we experience your peace every day. And that peace you gave us and the world cannot take it away. In Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak to us this morning, change us from the inside out, open our eyes and shake us with the power of your word. Show us, Father. We give you permission to correct us, correct our thinking, correct our believing and help us, uh, stir us up to action so that we'll reach the harvest in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Give somebody a high five and you can be seated. A sanctified, holified, disease-free high five. No weapon. Everybody say it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. That is a promise that God made to you. And to your seed and your seed seed. Your children and your children's children. But we have to take those promises. We have to take them for our own. We activate our faith. Listen, being part of the church is not a spectator sport. You are, you are in the middle of it. Whether you think you are, whether you think you're making a difference, you are in the middle of it. And you can be a big part of the change that's happening right now in the world, not just in our nation. A lot of times we focus on things that are coming against our nation and it's, it, we, we become narrow-minded. But listen, God is doing a bigger thing here. He's doing a bigger thing here. He's, he's concerned not only about the harvest in America, but he's in, concerned about the harvest all over the world. And thank God that we live in a country that has made it our mission as a country to preach the gospel all over the world. Just go back. I, I, I challenge you to go back and read the documents of our founding forefathers that declared, we read it a couple of weeks ago, the Mayflower Compact. Their, their purpose and their mission was to spread the gospel not to stay up in Washington and fight across the aisle. Come on, somebody. Wake up this morning. I need some help. Help me preach this. Listen, the more you talk, the better I'll do. I promise. Okay. Amen. Amen. So, listen, this series is a series of warnings. Warning, warning, warning. Will Robinson, warning. <laughs> I, I flashed back to that. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> So I'll just let you remain in that state. But uh, the, you, you, you listen to the radio sometimes, and that's kind of passing too, isn't it? Uh, and they come on with a 60-second emergency broadcast. If this had been an, uh, uh, an actual emergency, you would have been told where to go and what to do. Well, hold on. Let's find out who's given us the warning, and let's obey the one that's giving us the right warning. God is not surprised about anything that's happening today. God does not wake up every morning and look at the mainstream media and find out what's happening. What's happening? What's happening? Let me get my cup of coffee and find out what's happening. <laughs> God's not like that. He's already a thousand years ahead of us. He's out into eternity and has prepared it for, for his children, for blessing. And he wants us to walk in this time, like uh, Psalm 23 said, in, in the valley of the shadow of death, but fearing no evil. Why? Because he's with us. He's with us. And greater is he that's in us and with us than he that could ever come against us. So we began last week, week one, with um, the two-minute warning. You know, this two-minute warning. When, when you get down to the, the last two minutes in a football game, the strategy changes, the pace changes, and if you're close or, or if you're defending a lead, you, you want there's certain strategies that change in the last two minutes, and I believe God is changing our strategies as the church. We're coming out of the church and looking at our neighbors and loving our neighbors and, 
and putting on our armor and battling this thing called COVID-19, this evil thing that was sent from the pit of hell. Come on, somebody. It was. It was. It wasn't in the mind of man to do this. It came in the mind of man, but it originally came from the, the heart of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. If it steals, kills, and destroys, it comes from Satan. Come on. People are not our enemy. Now, we have people that have assumed their uh, uh, stance against us that have called themselves our enemy. But really, actually, uh, we love people, but we hate the devil. Am I I'm in, the, in the right place? Are we in the right place this morning? <laughs> we hate the enemy. And we hate what God hates and we love what God loves. God loves people, but he hates sin, right? So we stand on that side where God is standing and he doesn't move. He's not shaken. The kingdom of God is not shaken. So we started off and we talked about uh, the things that we're going to see at the end of time. And I believe this is an appropriate message to, to settle us down a little bit. You know, everything that you're seeing and hearing is stirring everybody up. But God, through his word, he wants to remind us who's in control and uh, the times that we're living in so that we can be at peace and fulfill our mission. Because if you're in crisis mode, in chaos mode, you're not going to be thinking about your neighbor and reaping the harvest and loving people and reaching out. You're going to stay in your hideaway in your basement with your mask on and just pray that nobody comes to your door because of they might be carrying some virus i hate viruses i think god hates viruses too there's did you know this there's no virus in heaven <laughs> we're not going to have to look at <laughs> there's not going to be we're not going to look up any numbers of the virus in heaven how many people come on so here's some things that I saw from Matthew 24, Luke, uh, uh, Luke 21, and Mark 13. Uh, signs that are happening at the end of the age. Widespread deception. I'm going to be talking about deception today. Because I believe that in that list of things that designate the end of times, the end of the age, uh, that's probably the biggest thing. Widespread deception. There's signs in the heaven. There's economic instability. There's great seismic activity. There's le legal prosecution and persecution of Christians. Warring political systems. Imprisonment of believers. Emergence of false prophets. The love of many waxing cold. Right? Famines and wars. Persecution pestilences commotions ethnic conflicts fearful sights unknown diseases rumors of wars and that list you, you can find in matthew 24 mark 13 and luke 21 and uh, i'm challenging you to study that out the more you see what god has already said in his word the, there's there's more peace there you can trust because god has seen this stuff it's not anything new to him so today we're going to talk about deception. And the title is Calling Good Evil. Calling Good Evil. Deception. And you can find it in the notes there. Uh, the key verse this morning is Matthew 24, chapter 4, from the Passion Translation. And I'm going to read from, from the Passage Translation. You know, let's, let's put this in context. Uh, Jesus' disciples were interested in the, the end of time. In fact, Jesus' disciples believed that Jesus was gonna, going to come back before they died. And so every generation, isn't it, uh, not funny, but isn't it uh, strange how every generation that has lived since Jesus left the earth Every generation believes that he is coming back during that generation. And so his disciples said, hey, Jesus, when, when, when are you coming back? Tell, tell us, tell us when these things will happen. 
This is verse 3 of Matthew 24. Tell us when these things are going to happen and what supernatural sign we should expect to signal your coming and the completion of this age. And Jesus answered, At that time, deception will run rampant. So beware that you are not fooled. So he gave them a little insight there. Deception's coming, don't be fooled. Meaning, if you can be deceived, you're a fool. Right? It's an insinuation. I mean, you can read that into that. Don't be a fool, don't be deceived. Don't be a fool, know the truth. If you know the truth, you can spot a lie. Right? And Jesus gave us this list of things that are happening here at the end of the age to prepare us, not scare us. It should ignite our faith and not trouble our heart because Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Right? You believe in me, believe also in God. Don't let your heart be troubled. Look up. Your redemption's drawing nigh, near. Your redemption's coming nearer. Every day is a day closer to the fulfillment of God's word. The all, every word in, in God, the word of God and God has spoken shall be fulfilled. And so when we, that's why we experience the peace of God when we turn to the word of God because there's peace built into the word. So that word deceive there in Matthew chapter 24 and verse 4 is translated from a Greek word that means to wander off, wander off course. To wander, to wander away from the course. And so the first point is the, the goal of deception is to lead you away from the truth. That's worth writing down. Deception, lies are designed with the goal of leading you away from the truth. The goal of deception is to take you away from God. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life, right? And so when you follow Jesus, you have a heart for the truth. You're seeking for the truth. You're not settled with half-truth or a lie. And God wants us to be truth seekers, truth followers. And so that's why our heart at sometimes can be, well, I'm not so sure about that. That's why we need the person of the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us in the truth. The truth. God designed us to walk in truth, not in darkness. Walk in freedom. Because if you know the truth and you act on the truth, it sets you free. But if you don't know the truth, then you're open to walk into a lie which keeps you bound i know it seems very elementary or elementary depending on how you want to pronounce it and what part of the country you're from and maybe your cultural background if you're from another country but it's a basic thing that truth sets you free but a lie keeps you bound and so god designed us to walk in the truth so that we can experience freedom. But if you're not aware of the truth, you could be fooled or could turn into a fool. Right? So, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12 says, somebody says, well, you know, Pastor, you know, if you're a Christian, you can't be a fool. No, I've met a whole lot of foolish Christians. <laughs> and I've got scripture. I've got scripture to prove that. <laughs> well, Pastor, you know, I've been walking with the Lord for many years. I'm not going to get tricked. I'm not going to believe a lie. Wait a minute. Here's a scripture right here for those who think that they could never be tricked or never believe a lie. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, the Passion Translation. So beware. Here's that word again. Beware. Beware. Watch out. Listen up. Look, open your eyes, open your ears, beware, be alert. If you think it could never happen to you, lest your pride becomes your downfall. Mm -hmm. Thinking that you're above being duped, thinking that you, you know better, well, I know better, 
I, listen, I know a lot of Christians that walked in the truth for a number of years that, aren't walk, that are not following God today because they believed a lie. The enemy drew them off that course, off of that path, and now they're following a lie. They're bound rather than free. And it's sad. It's sad to see people go down that road or jump off of that cliff, however you want to put it. So the Lord is, is making us aware that we need to be truth seekers, truth finders, and walk in the truth. Wake up that you're not fooled. Wake up. We are responsible to find out if what we believe is true or not. It's not your neighbor's responsibility. It's not your wife or your husband's responsibility. It's not your mother's responsibility or your father's to find out if what you believe is the truth or a lie. It's our responsibility. Many things sound good when you first hear them. I'm going to divide this into these examples into two different two different areas. Spiritually, things sound good. See if this sounds good. God is the father of us all. Now that sounds good until you really start digging in the word of truth to find out that God, in fact, did create us, but he's not the father of us all. Jesus, in fact, turned to a certain group of people and said, hey, you're of the, you're of the devil who is your father. You're, <laughs> your father is the devil, right? He wasn't trying to offend them. He wasn't trying to make them mad. He was telling them the truth. And listen, here's one characteristic about truth, guys. And it talks about this in the word in Hebrews. It said, it says, the word is a, is a sword. It's a double-edged sword. And it cuts. We could say it confronts. When you speak the truth, sometimes it confronts. And the people that, that get confronted with the truth that don't like it and turn away from it are the ones that choose to be offended. And we can see that through the word too, right? But these things that sound good until you, un, you unveil them or take them out of the package. Here's another thing. There are many ways to heaven. Doesn't that sound good? Wow. Many ways to heaven. Well, no. Jesus says, I am. The truth, the way, the way, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. Right? Here's another spiritual saying that we think, that some people think, that could be the truth. Surely a God of love would not send someone to a literal hell forever. Oh. Come on. We need to be aware that lies are packaged in something that looks good and sounds good. Isn't that true? I mean, if you're going to poison a dog, you wouldn't put strychnine poisoning in his bowl and expect him to eat it. You'd mix it in his food a little bit, right? Remember, uh, I think that I may have said this last week, but when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, the devil used the word of God right and Jesus unveiled that lie that was a twisted truth and said no here's what the word says so this is why we need to be aware of what the word says and we need to know the truth so the truth can set us free from any lie that comes to try to bind us and deceive us here's something that the world says in in the world in the realm of the world that sounds like the truth but it's a lie from each according to his ability to each according to his needs anybody guess where that came from marxism socialism communism study it go back watch this video share it with your friends and tell them that's a lie it's a lie and they even want to take it if you study who who said that and how they said it just google it they want to take it and attach it to scripture to justify communism and communal living. 
Take from the rich and give to the poor. How about, how about, how about this? You are entitled to your own truth. Oh, wow. How about that? Everybody can have their own truth. You have your truth, I have my truth, and we're happy. Sing Kumbaya or that Coke commercial, the old Coke commercial. I like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. Don't work that way, guys. If we're not standing on the rock, we're going to fall. If we don't know the truth, you can be duped by a lie. Here, here's another one that the world says, and this is kind of new. Love is love. <laughs> Come on. First John 4, 7. And that sounds good. Again, again, again. The enemy is not going to just throw a lie out there that just sounds so awful. I mean, some people are going to believe that for sure. But the majority of the people, and that's, that's the tactic of the enemy is to dupe the majority of the people because you, if you can get the majority of the people to believe it, surely it's got to be the truth. Right? But First uh, John 4, 7, and 8 says God is love. God is love. Also says God is holy and he's just. And we just read he's a consuming fire. And he shakes everything that can be shaken. That's why we have to be standing in the kingdom of God so that we're not shaken. So today, uh, in November 2020, and this is when this is, message is being ministered, you can actually see the spiritual battle more and more every day. Every day. As you hear the news of destruction and the media uh, turning a blind eye to the destruction, politicians calling for unconstitutional lock lockdowns based on their opinion or pressure from certain groups. Election fraud. Yes, I said it. Fraud. Deception. It's, it's, it's to, to steer you away from the truth. If we want a, a fair election, let's be transparent. Everybody in the election should want a transparent election. Let's get down to the bottom of it and bring up all the truth. And anybody that is in the middle of the junk needs to be brought to a court of law. Right? That's what, that's what our country is built on. Uh, it hasn't changed. We haven't voted out the Constitution. We've just been quiet about it for, mi for many years and let uh, leftists take over and, and tell us to be quiet and go to your church and pray and just, just shh, shh, stay over there, pray. Don't go to the public square. Don't get involved in the school board. Don't, you know, don't run for office. Just shh. If you'll be quiet, we'll let you worship in your, in your little buildings there. Come on. Now, now you're saying, oh, Pastor, went, he went political on us. Pastor went political on us. Well, if I don't, nobody else will. I'm tired of, <laughs> I'm tired of listening uh, to mealy mouth uh, Christians. So, the thing about deception is that it must be close enough to the truth that it's believable. The spirit of the world, world is looking furiously to eliminate all remnants of a godly foundation from society and replace it with a last day's deception that will ultimately usher in a time when the Antichrist rules a lost world for a temporary period of time. And I've got scripture to back that up. <laughs> I just don't have the time this morning to back that up. But if you want to send me an email and you, you want me to explain that a little bit more to you, uh, it's there because that's the job of the Antichrist to deceive. And we're seeing that already. In fact, in First John, it says many Antichrists are already in the world. And it hasn't stopped. And, and maybe you're saying, well, prove that to me. Okay, here, I'll prove it to you. Just one instance. Here we go. Matthew 28. Look at Matthew 28. I know this is... This isn't in my notes. The Lord gave it to me over here as I was worshiping him. So these guys don't have it in their notes, but I'm going to say it, and maybe they'll get it up on the screen. Matthew 28, verses 11 through 15. Here's one instance of the Antichrist spirit that's in the world that's trying to dupe not only Christians, but all the world. All the world. Matthew 28, 11. After the women left the tomb... A few of the guards went into Jerusalem and told the chief priest 
everything that they had seen and heard. They reported the facts. Verse 12, so the chief priest called a meeting with all the religious leaders and came up with a plan. They bribed the guards with a large sum of money. Hello. And told them, hey, tell everyone. Here's the, here's the mainstream media. In, 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 in collusion. This is collusion against the Lord and his Christ. Here it is. Tell everyone, while we were asleep, his disciples came in the night and stole his body. If Pilate finds out about this, don't worry. We'll make sure that you don't get blamed. The chief priests were in cahoots with Pilate. They were in collusion to cover the story up. Hello. Do we see any of this going on today? Oh. I just opened the can of worms right here. And we're talking about truth. And we're talking about deception. And guys, just don't be gullible. Please, as your pastor, don't. I'm telling you, I'm begging you, don't be gullible. Amen. Sniff it out. If it smells funny, there's, if it has some odor to it, it's got, something's got to be up. Here. Let's finish this. This is really good. You got to go back and read this. It's awesome. So the, the religious leader said, to, if Pilate finds out about this, don't worry. We'll make sure you don't get blamed, which means that they had a connection with Pilate. So they took the money and did as they were told. That's what most people in America are doing. Just taking the money, just doing what we're told. Just doing what we're told. We don't know anything else to do. Wake up. Know the truth. This is why the story, listen, in parentheses, this is why the story of the guards is still circulated among the Jews to this day. Wow. Bombshell, boom. <laughs> I like it. Thank you, Lord, for that scripture. And First Timothy. Well, let me, <laughs> the Antichrist spirit has, has been here. The spirit that stands against the truth. This progressive spirit that says, hey, we're so much better today than that old-timey religion. You don't need that Bible. Here, we'll give you a new Bible. We'll take all the genders out of it. God didn't mean it when he said he and she. <laughs> Listen, it's conditioning, guys. It's progressivism. It's... <laughs> It's a, it's a plot and a plan from the enemy, and he uses people. Study out these things. Let's come up a level or two. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. Look at this. The Passion Translation. Are you getting anything out of this? Am I, just, am I really just shaking you up right now? I hope so. Don't believe everything you hear. Study for yourself. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. The Holy Spirit has explicitly re revealed... At the end of this age, many will depart from the true faith, one after another, devoting themselves to spirits of deception and following demon-inspired revelations and theories. Hypocritical liars will deceive many, and their consciences won't bother them at all. Wow. Is that a newsflash? And so there's been a gradual departure from the truth in the church. Well, if we just don't preach the word, then nobody knows. If we just give them a good message and pat them on the back and send them on their way and tell them they can be successful and prosperous, then everything's going to be great. No. Uh, we'll just sell a book that tells everybody how wonderful they are and how prosperous they can be. No. God said there's some things we need to be aware of. There's some warnings out here. And if we want to make it, we're going to stand on the truth. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 in the New Living Translation. This is the plan of the enemy. The plan of the enemy. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. And he uses lies to do it. He uses deception to do it. And he disguises those lies as the truth. Satan. Satan. 
2 Corinthians 4, 4, New Living Translation. Satan, who is the God of this world, little g, God, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. Well, but pastor, isn't that talking about unbelievers? No, there's some believers, some Christians that don't believe. They have maybe walked through the door, accepted Jesus as Savior, but they're not, that's, they stopped right there instead of kept walking. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. So if the devil can blind you, then he can lead you to somewhere that you don't want to go. The mainstream media produces emotional stories that sell. And greed is more of a priority for them than truth. You can see that. I mean, they've thrown truth out the window. They don't care if it's true, if it, if it lines up with their agenda, if it lines up with their uh, money <laughs> machine, if it stirs up the people, and the devil is using it. The devil's been using it. But the church is waking up. The church is waking up. I believe the church is waking up. And so, the truth is coming out. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, verses 3 and 4. 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Paul is talking here about Christians who have itching ears. We would say that they, they only hear what they want to hear. Parents, have you ever said to yourself or said to your child, you only hear what you want to hear? Right? They tune you out. There are a lot of Christians. And Pastor Sheila and I have been pastoring for 30 years. There are a lot of Christians that we've met with, talked with. We've warned them. We've shown them the word. Here's what the word says. And they said, yeah, I know what it says. And they go off and do the exact opposite. And you think, oh, my goodness. Are you kidding me? I just told you what was going to happen. And it happened. <laughs> it, it beats all I've ever seen. Here's what Paul said about the last days for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine but according to their own desires because they have itching ears they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables the living the living bible says it like this for there's going to come a time when people won't listen to the truth, but will go around looking for teachers who will tell them just what they want to hear. They won't listen to what the Bible says, but they will blithely follow their own misguided ideas. It's a dangerous place to stay in a place where you reject the truth of God. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Isaiah 5.20, the Passion Translation. Woe, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who replace darkness with light and light with darkness, who replace bitter with sweet and sweet with bitter. In other words, twist. They twist what's good to bad, and they call evil good and good evil. Woe to them. That's a warning. That's don't go down that way. Don't, don't do that. Don't call murdering innocent children the mother's right to protect her own body. Come on. Don't twist it. I mean, people think we must be ignorant. Come on. I was, was somebody says I was born, I was born at night, but not last night. <laughs> The, mor the moral code is reversed as sin is accepted as something good. How true today. The moral code is reversed as sin is accepted as something good. Not content to abandon what is good. They have to label it as evil. Those who abandon the absolute standards and the truth of God's word will find a reversal of every true virtue. God is mocked and evil is embraced in this, calling good evil and evil good. Light is ridiculed and darkness is worn like a cloak. The sweetness of God is called bitter and the bitterness of sin is called sweet. 
Wow. We have revisionist today. If you don't know what that word is, look it up. I wish I had another 30 minutes to tell you. Revisionist. Distorting history. Write this guy's name down. Andy Andrews. Andy Andrews. He wrote a little book back in 2012. It's a small little book. but And he's a Christian guy. The title of the book is, How Do You Kill 11 Million People? See, that title just got your attention right there. How do you kill 11 million people? This man, Andy Andrews, urged readers to be careful students who seek accurate facts to avoid dangerous deceptions like those perpetrated under Nazism. Even the majority of churches in Germany were horribly misled because of their failure to discern what was happening. Does it matter that millions of ordinary citizens have checked out of participating in the decisions that shape the future of our country? (laughs) Which is more dangerous? Politicians with ill intent are the too trusting population that allows such people to lead them. Man. Come on now. 333 million people and there's 545 that lead us that would be the president the supreme court the house of representatives and the senate add all that up think about it come on guys constitution says this country was formed for the people by the people and we've got 545 well paid people that are telling us don't have thanksgiving or if you do maybe 30 degrees outside meet outside it can only be six you got to wear a mask six feet apart zoom thanksgiving lord help us does it matter does it matter how are we supposed to tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys this is what the guy says in the book how are we supposed to tell the difference How does the answer to this question affect not only our country, but our families, our faith, and our values? What happens to a society in which truth is absent? I'm giving you just a little taste of this book, Andy Andrews. It's a short read, a very short read. How do you kill 11 million people? And you guys know I don't really promote a lot of stuff, but I'm on a search for truth. I have never quit searching for the truth. And if I smell a lie, I stay away from it. But I point it out by the word. And I, and I encourage you to do the same. Don't believe. Listen, here, here's something. Don't believe what I'm telling you. <laughs> Check it out. The Bereans in the Bible. The Bereans. Google that word. Find out what it means. You remember, you go to your mom. How do you spell such and such? She, if she was smart, she'd say, get your dictionary. You look it up. Right? Now you can say, hey, Siri, how do you spell whatever? Get your Siri, ask. No, wait a minute. Don't ask Siri very much. She'll tell you the wrong name for the president. Come on. <laughs> Listen, wake up. Read this book. How do you kill 11 million people? Leftist liberals do this deceitful distortion of history and revisionism all the time. Let's erase this. Let's put this in here. Let's erase that. Let's put this in here. And it matters. People are messing with our minds because we fail to say, wait a minute. Philippians 4, 7. P47, right? The filter. Whatsoever things are, True. That's the first thing on the list. True. Whatsoever things are lovely, right? And so forth and so on. True, lovely, um, virtuous, noble. It depends on what what uh, translation you're reading out of. But the very first at the top of the list, that's the filter that should be sitting on our mind. If you hear something or see something, is this a truth or not? Right? Because a lie keeps you bound, but a truth sets you free. So my last point, be discerning. Be discerning. Hebrews 5.14. We can be discerning. 
we can be discerning. Don't be like a little baby bird that just has their mouth open and will eat anything. Or a child that walks around the house that picks up nails and all kinds of glass objects or whatever and just puts it in their mouth. Like, come on. Hebrews 5.14, New Living Translation says, Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. Guys, we have to develop the skill of recognizing what is right and what is wrong. And again, if you know the truth, you can spot a lie. But you've got to know the truth to recognize a lie. You've got to know the truth. Don't believe what other people tell you. Prove it out. Test it out. Search it out. This is what the world needs. Not some pat on the back and say, hey, we're, we're all going to love and unite now. The thing that unites us is the truth. True? That's why we want the truth. We want the truth. That's what... That's, that's my little protest right now. We want the truth. We want... I'm in, a pastor in the church. I've been saying this for as many years as I've been standing up ministering. We want the truth. We want... I'm surprised at how many Christians are just by the lie, by the lie, by the lie. I'm not worthy. Here's a lie from the enemy. I'm not worthy. God doesn't love me. I'm not saved. Who told you you're not saved? Well, pastor, I don't feel like I'm saved. Getting saved doesn't have anything to do with how you feel or how you don't feel. It has everything to do with believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth. Right? <laughs> so there's two things that we need to walk in, to, to walk in the truth. We need the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And the minute we get born again, and somebody's going to have the opportunity to get born again right now in just a moment... The minute we get born again, we have the Holy Spirit, which is called the Spirit of Truth. And if we'll just check things out with the Holy Spirit, we'll save ourselves from a lot of failure and lies and bondage. The Holy Spirit will lead you when you recognize the truth and act on it and walk in it, walking in the truth. And then God's given us a brain. <laughs> That's news to some people. <laughs> Some, some people get born again and throw their brain away. Come on. God's the most intelligent being there is. He didn't say throw your brain away. Just sanctify it. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Submit it to God. Don't be pressed into the world's mold, but renew your mind with the word of God. Put on the mind of Christ and you'll be able to know the truth, prove the truth. And then diligence. Diligence is another thing that, that we have to operate in, work in, so that we, we, we are building our life on the truth. If we abide in the promises of God and we stand for the truth, we're going to experience God's supernatural protection against this mass deception, weapons of mass deception <laughs> that Jesus prophesied would arise in the conclusion of this time right before he returned. And so, um, we're going to continue this on next week so that we can be sure that we know who we belong to and who's in control. I'm going to tell you, I believe right now, I'll just tell you right now, I believe after praying and searching the scripture for over 30-something years that I believe the church is not going to be here when the Antichrist is revealed. Now, it might feel like we're going through the tribulation right before Jesus comes back, but he's coming. He's coming. Let me say it. He's coming, and I'm going. That's what his word says. So, we have the faith to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and not fear. No fear here. Fear causes you to bow your knee to the wrong person. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that strengthens us, that builds us up. You called us more than a conqueror. Lord, we were built for such a time as this. You have faith in us. 
You love us with an everlasting love. You have made us in your image, your likeness, and given us your word and your spirit, your armor, your love, to love people that are unlovely and to win in spiritual warfare. The devil is a loser. He lost over 2,000 years ago. If he could have killed Jesus and kept him in that tomb, then he would have. But he couldn't have, and he didn't, and Jesus rose again. So if you're here right now in the building or you're listening online and you need Jesus, I'm talking to you. It takes just one moment to make a decision to receive Jesus. But that one moment will change your life. For all of eternity, if you need Jesus, I want you to repeat after me. I'm going to give you the words. But you just make a decision in your heart and say these words with your mouth. That is the difference. To begin to follow Jesus. Committing yourself to Him. Let's all say this together. Heavenly Father, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That he came to this earth. That he was born of a virgin. That he died for me. He shed his blood for me. He was buried in a tomb. But he rose from the dead. And he's alive forevermore. And I choose today to serve Jesus all the days of my life. I'm born again. I'm a new man. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for those that have prayed, asked Jesus in their heart. And Father, we do, all of us do commit to serving you all the days of our life. We stir ourselves up to recommit and rededicate and press in draw near to you and your word says you will draw near to us father we need you more than ever before we thank you for filling us with your spirit so that we can live in victory overcoming everything that comes at us we thank you father the greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world thank you for empowering your church for these last days so that we can reap the harvest that is right before us as we go and as we leave from this place, Lord. Strengthen us, prepare us, 